Hey everybody, yes, welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by the great Chris Schaefer. Chris, how's it going today? Jason, what's more important is, how are you? Are you warm? Are you prepared for the, what do we call it in the Midwest when like, we don't call it snow apocalypse because we don't have that much snow. Like the cold apocalypse. For those of you that don't, you know, that deal with cold all the time, we're freaking out here. Jason, tell us what the situation is. Well, we don't call it anything because we we handle it. Um, the cold's nothing oh, new right. for us, but this is not the cold. This is like, this is way this beyond is, this anything. Is yeah, this is horrible. So it's going to be <laughs> negative. At least as when we record this, uh, they're saying it on the Monday this comes out, it's going to be Monday and Tuesday. It's going to be negative eight here in Oklahoma City or something like that. And <laughs> Single digits down in Texas, I think. So, yeah, we will yeah. see. My chickens, my chickens are uh, snuggled in. I got a heat lamp to keep them warm. It's going to be cold. So, guys, snuggle in. Grab your beverage, warm beverage of uh, of, of choice, and uh, we're going to jump into this Q and A session. You guys send us questions. We answer them. You can send in your own question at paidsearchpodcast.com. And uh, we do read every single one of them. We don't answer every single one. Uh, sometimes we've addressed it before, but we do appreciate the questions that you guys sent in. We have three excellent questions from our, uh, what well, we assume they're listeners. Maybe they're just people that Googled like PPC experts and then just filled out a form hoping <laughs> someone would reply to them. But we assume they're listeners. <laughs> um, but uh, we have some three questions. But before we jump into that first question, I want to tell you guys about the best tool that you can possibly find for Google Ads management. I'm talking about Optio. Optio, if you haven't heard, is a very popular tool to get more things done in Google Ads. You have limited time and you have limited knowledge on your ability to look at the numbers in Google Ads. Some things may pass by and you not notice them. Sometimes you're pressed for time because you have a lot of meetings, you have things to do, and you don't have time to spend the in-depth time that it takes to look at an account and find those little details. Optio is a great tool to help you do that in a very time-restraint manner. Get in, get out. You're going to get it done quick, and you're going to get it done efficiently, and you can get two months for free to try this wonderful tool to help you find bid adjustments. You're scared of manual bidding? This tool can help you get there, can help you write ads. You're scared of writing the right kind of ad? How do you judge whether an ad is good or not? This tool will get you there. opteo.com slash psp2. opteo.com slash psp2. Use the chat box in the bottom right-hand corner. Tell them we sent you. You get two months for free. Thanks, Chris. So, um, yeah, if anyone has any more questions, paidsearchpodcast.com on the contact page. Please send us your questions uh, about Google Ads, etc. So, uh, first question today comes from Quincy. Enjoying the shows. Thank you, guys. You talked about focusing on getting higher click-through rate first. So, question, how do you come up with great ad copy for industries that you know little about? So, Chris... Let's kind of tackle both of those. Um, we've had a great debate, higher click-through rate or higher conversion rate. What do you want to optimize for with your ads? Mm, where point, have yeah. you always been? And then I'll tell you where I kind of came around to. 
Okay. Okay. So yeah, we, we talked about this and the debate, which we didn't even real I didn't realize it was even a controversial topic, is what do you first judge the success of your ads for? And I've always thought click-through rate is the only thing that you judge your ads on. Um, landing page will determine conversion uh, rates, but the click-through rate determines how much you grab that person's attention. So I always judge my ads based on click-through rate. I don't consider a, you know, if, if one ad has a 0.1% click-through rate and a 10% conversion rate, and the other one is the inverse of that, I'm going to go for the one that has the better click-through rate, even though the conversion rate is worse. Because that's what I want. If I'm not delivering anyone to my page, I can't get them to convert. You know, so that's that's my main uh, focus there. And as far as coming up with great ad copy, even if I don't know about the industry, I'm not going to talk so much about the industry because it doesn't matter if I know the industry or not. I have the same tactic every time. My tactic is this. I approach it with the same type of ideals of reflective question. I use numbers in the ad copy. I try to qualify my traffic with price points. I use percentages. I use benefits of the product or service. I use features of the product or service. And I line all of those up together. That might mean there's five different ads. And I try those emotional, factual uh, reflective question, numbers, percentages, qualification of an expensive product right in the headline. I use all those tactics, throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Then I'll at least learn, okay, an emotional aspect works a lot better for this product. Um, people are really responding to these features. I'm going to dig into that, right? But I'm not ever going to just look at competitors and say, oh, the competitor's doing this. I'm going to mimic that. No. Because I have no idea. That's not what I want to do. Wow. I don't Very independent do that. person. That's it. Absolutely. Very confident. Well, I think you go, I agree with you on click-through rate. You got to get click-through rate before. You got to get clicks to get conversions. So to me, it makes sense. Get clicks and then and then figure out how to get conversions. As far as that copy goes, even in an industry you don't know, Chris, well, one, you try to learn the industry. How do you learn the industry? I think you look at the advertiser's website. I think you look at their competitors' websites, and I'm going to okay. disagree a little. I mean, the first place I'm going is is other people's ads. I'm. I mean, I just do a search. I see what's out there. See what people are doing, and that can okay. sprout some ideas. And then that's the the initial part's hard. After you get the the initial part done, the future, the optimizing of the ads. That's the easy part because you just go with the data. Whatever you're optimizing for. Usually click through rate with ads, but if you want to look at conversions very importantly as well, um, or if you have other metrics you're looking at, you just go with what ad copy is working for the metrics you want to optimize for. But how do you come up with the ad copy? I like to learn about the industries, and then I like to just put myself in a customer's shoes and ask myself, what would make me click? What would catch my eye? And uh, just try to put myself in their shoes and come up with ad copy that way. So, Chris, we got a, another question here from, I think we, oh, from Muhammad. Sorry, I thought we deleted the name. I was looking at the bottom. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> yeah, we got Muhammad from Dubai. Hey, guys, love your podcast. Great work. Oh, thank you. It's a, it's Jason, it's a two-parter. So, part one. Muhammad's very organized. I do like that. I like organized emails. Part one. My question is, we have a few campaigns running on maximized conversions and maximized clicks. 
Because manual CPC performs better for us, ah, I like Mohammed already, we would like to change the bidding strategy type to manual CPC for these campaigns. Is there a proper way to change them to manual CPC or is it just about changing the bid type and settings and just going cold turkey? Uh, number two, for automated bidding, any change makes the campaign go into learning mode. How often do you suggest doing changes for automated campaign types? We tend to do changes often, thus see the campaign always in learning mode. Is that a bad thing? Thanks for Mohammed. Um, okay. Boy, these are Good great questions. questions yeah. I have Common to say. things that they come really up. They really are. Chris, uh, maximize. So changing from automated to manual. Of course, you change it in the settings. If you, if you just do it in the right order, it can kind of make sense. Control your ad group bids after you change it in the settings to manual. Then control, what I do is I control my ad group bids and I get those where I want them. And then once my ad group bids are in place, it's very important that I do that first. Then I jump to my keyword bids and I clear them. And the reason I clear my keyword bids, I, I highlight all the keywords, I hit change bid, and then I don't fill anything in there. And those keyword bids default to my ad group level bids. That's why it's important to do the ad group level bidding first and then clear mm. your keyword bids. When I hear about going from automated to manual, what I would be trying to do is manage bids at the ad group level, at least to start because it's manageable. Yeah. And then as you get a feel for manual bids and how different keywords perform, then you can go put in uh, regular keyword bids. I'd be focused on on ad group bidding. Chris, do you have a problem with that? And and second question, how would you jump into this? Would you always do an experiment or would you be willing to just jump over and change it in the settings? So do you have a problem with ad group bids? And then how would you do an experiment? So um, I definitely prefer ad group bids. Okay. I think I have a, I have, I've, I've discovered I have a secondary goal in life and I, I didn't realize this at the beginning, but my goal is to help people be less afraid of Google ads, be less intimidated by things like manual bidding and, you know, some of the things that are intimidating just because of the names and how much perceived effort comes with things like that. Um, so one of the things, because people are so insecure about doing manual manual bidding because they don't think they have the time, absolutely I recommend ad group level bids to begin with. And then you make your decisions at the keyword level if you even need to. If you even need to make decisions based on keyword level. And that only comes from conversion metrics and volume of clicks from one keyword to the next. You know, it just ha it's, it should make sense to you because some things need to be and throttled. I got to throw this uh, out there. If, if you've got pure broad mix in there, of course, you always want those on their own independent keyword bids. Good point. So you can Good point. Them. Good point. It should, yeah. If you have an exact match right next to a two word broad match, Yes, that needs to be two different bids. Yeah, absolutely. So you like ad group just like I do, or you prefer it uh, just like I do. Would if you're like, say, you get into an account, it's been running automated bids for for years, and you want to do manual bids. You think you can take it to the next level with manual bids? Would you just switch it, or would you set up an experiment and ease your way into it? Mm. So that's the key. You said the information right there that makes it an experiment. Uh, suggestion. If a campaign is running well, 
I'm happy with the performance. It's not crashing. It's not burning. You know, I have conversion metrics. I know I'm profitable. I like my traffic quality. Oh, I'm definitely going to ease into that with an experiment. No question. 50-50 split. Let, give me a chance with manual. I'm going to try it and see if I can beat the system. If I can, then I'll push it all the way and we'll go live. If this campaign is, if let's say somebody sends me an account, I get an account for management, you know, a new client and they're not happy with their performance and I don't like the traffic quality, they don't have conversions or they do have conversions and it's absolute junk, then I'm going straight to manual cold turkey. Just like uh, Mohammed said, I'm going to go in, change the settings, boom, gone. Everything's gone. I'm starting manual. So it really depends on the condition of the campaign to begin with. Almost any major change, as long as the campaign is running good and it's been performing well, mm, yep. you can't go wrong with it's an bad. experiment. Yeah. You never want to just say, you know, like your car is doing great. You're not having any car problems. You're like, you know, I don't need this pipe. Right. I'm just going to, you know, this, I could just reroute this over here and it'd be fine. You know, you don't start just messing with things. If it's not broke, you don't fix it. Right. So, and then the last one, Jason, for automated bidding, to remind you the question for automated bidding, what about that learning mode? How's that make you feel? <laughs> what about it? I mean, <laughs> I've got nothing to do with it. It just, I've got no control over it. It's, it's like, just there and you just it's, have it's, to wait, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like you have an employee. You know, and you're sitting there, you know, like tapping him on the shoulder. You're like, hey, um, you got you got that you got that report, you got that project done, and they're and they're just they hold up a sign, they're like working on it. You know, like there's no status update, no time frame, you just working on it. I mean that's to me it's infuriating because I'm like, Well, okay, but how far are you? Um, um, how much longer? Uh are things going okay? Are you 10% in or 90% in? And what, you know, what, what do you, what do you need to learn? Have you never seen what a moving company <laughs> keyword cost per click is in a, in a metro for with you? like a million people? Is this yeah. your first day? <laughs> all we hear about is machine learning and AI and all that kind of stuff. Well, why does it take so long? Checking yeah. the manual. <laughs> Warming up. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> booting. Currently booting up. Yeah, that's know. a, weird, oh, that's a you, very you, weird you one. Why, yeah. What's in your, is it, is it like a two to three days you can expect usually a learning process? Yeah. yeah. Learning status that on, honestly, Chris, that's one of the biggest things that holds me back from more automated testing is the learning process. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, maybe with my clients and advertisers, I, I do have the ability to just camp out for three days and, and not get them any results. But in my own mind, I feel under pressure to get good performance because I know I can at any moment with manual bids. So I just have a very, very tough time sitting through that learning phase and then a lot of other problems with it after that. Like, what do you do when it stops working well? But the question is, Chris, how often do you do you change things then? If you're into an automated uh, bidding system and you want to change something, does that learning process slow you down in terms of the changes you make? Are you worried about going into that too many times? You know, it absolutely keeps me from making too many changes too quickly. In fact, because of the unknown of what changing an automated strategy might do, um, it keeps me married to one automated bidding uh, strategy period. You know, I, once I find one that works, you know, I'm like, and typically for me, 
for most accounts, it's going to be maximize conversions. That's the one I tend to like if they have conversions or maximize clicks. Uh, now, some clients might be, you know, target ROAS and things like that, but you know, not everybody has ROAS and those kind of numbers. But as long as they have conversions, then I'm going to go with maximize conversions and I stick to that. And I don't really like that learning period because here's the one thing that I know. If anything's going to happen in Google Ads, it's going to be unpredictable and you're not going to know why it's happening and you're not going to expect when it happens, right? It's it, it, And that's what I don't like. Um, you know, there's never a time when a client's going to be like, hey, um, now's a good time to make everything tank and go bad, you know? No worries if, uh, you know, I get the report and you're down 50% on conversions all of a sudden, you know, it's fine. Don't worry, I'm not going to fire you next month. You know, no, no, no one ever says that there's, it's always, I need it to work now. I need it to be good now. You know, I don't, I don't like Aaron, How about this one, Chris? And, and by the way, it used to work. Okay. It used to work. That first month we ran together, <laughs> right. it was working. Remember, remember when I hired you? That was a, that was a honeymoon. There's a little bit of a, a, pa- a Patreon thing, yeah. but I was thinking about this the other day, just to sidetrack it. I have run into multiple situations where. I get um, advertisers saying, why is this not working as good as the first month? Maybe like four months in or something. And honestly, I think what happens is the change is so big when I start working on a campaign often uh, that that gets built up in their memory. And then the perception of it is that, oh, it was so, so much better than – no, it was the same it is now. It's just we're kind of like we're at flying altitude. But we did kind of take off in that first month compared to what you were doing before. So I hear I hear yeah, that from time point. to time. It's the contrast. It's it's the it's the different contrast between bad to good, and then you just stay good, 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 and it's not as obvious. Yeah, okay, Chris, I have that shady point. agency character. I'm not going to do any voice impressions oh, today, but I just thought of a new oh, tactic. I'll give away because you know there's some of them out there. I wonder if any shady <laughs> agencies artificially tank their clients' performance every six months <laughs> <laughs> just to get it back on track. Oh man, I I have they I ever had that conversation be. around the ping pong table? That's a question. Gosh, what if we got that? Somebody pretty, sent pretty, that question. Pretty, in. Hey, pretty strong tactic if you're into that kind of thing. What's the best way to tank and still control the ramp up back for for a client? Now, I would say let's answer that, Jason. Drop your bids to to nothing. I mm-hmm. think that'd be the best. You know, just lower the bids down for like two or three weeks and say, I don't know what's going on. It must be competitors. We're losing position. We're losing impressions. Click the ranks down. Let me, let me work on that ad copy. We'll try to figure out some awesome ad copy. Boom. You're a hero. (laughs) All the clicks come back. You're back in first position. Aren't you glad? Aren't you guys glad you had me? You know, if you consult for shady agencies, does that make you shady? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Are you able to separate yourself? Because I've got I've got ideas, you know, but I just <laughs> yeah. not my thing. But I don't know. Okay. I always think like them for some reason. I, I know what they're up to. Yeah, I know, I know. Because we've seen a thing or two in our lives. Let me tell you about optio.com slash psp two is the place you need to go to get an eight week free trial. We tell you about it all the time. Let me explain a bit about kind of what the tool does. So. It prioritizes the changes that are most severe in your campaign. That's one of the things I like the most. It it tells you, we understand you have limited time. We're not going to insult you by 
just saying, click here and we'll improve your campaign. No, that's not what Optio does. They say, here are the things that are most important, critical level type of items. Fix these, address these, and here's what you need to look at. You know, just like a, a great employee would bring to your desk first thing, 8 a.m., walk up to your desk, say, here, sir, these need to be addressed immediately. And you look at them, make decisions, bam, 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 get on with your day. It's a wonderful tool for that reason, because they know that you're a smart person. They don't insult your intelligence by assuming that a robot can do your job any better. Optio.com slash PSP2 for an eight-week free trial. Chris, uh, just to jump back for a second, I've, I've been thinking about like, okay, if there is a learning phase, how often is too often to change automated strategies? I guess with experiments, you can kind of do more than one thing at once, but you I, you can't change it on a weekly basis because there's a learning fate, learning process of at least two to three days. So if you're not doing yeah, it weekly, yeah. bi-weekly seems too much because then you're only getting one week's of data worth of data. So is it like a threshold of a month, basically? Try something for a month to see if it works and... But that sounds scary I mean, to me. You know something I never thought about? What if you combine bid strategy changes with experiments and you ran a experiment and made the two automated systems battle it out? You know, it's kind of like it's like a robot. Oh, so arena. so you were manual, you have the room with the advertiser or you as the the advertiser telling yourself, "Yeah, I'm going to try something out for a month." I'm giving myself some time to try it. Instead of going from manual to one strategy, go from manual to one automated strategy and then layer on an experiment on top of that with yeah. another automated strategy and test two at once right. in a month. Yeah, so test That's interesting. Test maximize, That's really very cool. Yeah. Maximize conversions and te- and test ROAS, you know, target ROAS all at the same time. I like test that. Test both of those. I don't think I've ever done that before. I think that's a good idea, though. If you really just want to just uh, just get something, just try something yeah. and see if anything can be manual yeah. for you. I I feel like we harp on experiments all the time. But when I talk to people and I tell them about experiments, they're like, what's that? I don't know how to use it. Well, from my own experience, I have started using them more and more, but it's something I do have to remind myself to do because it's just, I don't know if it's the way it's laid out or... I don't know. It just doesn't yeah. come to top of mind often. You're just so focused on that That's data true. in front of you. It's what way was down my click through rate? What what was my search term? Yeah, you kind of got to. I, I, have I, to have, I use a you physical have have note now. Yeah, you have to have patience. Yeah, you have to have patience. You can't just say, "Oh, oh shoot!" You know, uh, clicks are down. I need to do this and do this. You just don't jump in and do it. You have to have patience to say, "Okay, let's think about this." I'm going to try a test and run it side by side. You know that that takes a a patient approach. So, Chris, I have a. I have a weekly checklist, uh, and of course, we've talked about that mm-hmm. before, how we manage campaigns, but I think for both of us in the two years or whatever since we talked about that, it's evolved over time. One of the items I've added to my checklist is monitor experiments. Very often, I don't uh, have any experiments yeah. to monitor for an account, but I wanted to remind so myself to, to always yeah. be in that mindset. So that's how I'm doing it more. Nice. I like that. Yeah. So, Chris, we have a, a question from our number one fan, Peg. And there's some people that yes. think they're the number one fan. They're not. I can tell you no, right no, no, now, no. it's Sit Peg, down. 100%. <laughs> My favorite yeah. fan, Here we go. listener of the show, yeah, number one fan of the show. So, Peg, thanks for writing in. Hi, Jason and Chris. And she she does the, uh, the uh, right order Jason there. and Chris. Yeah. That's why you like her, because she says Jason and Chris. Mm. It hurts. 
Hi, Jason and Chris. <laughs> That's, yeah, she didn't even capitalize my name. So I'm just kidding. No, she did. Hi, Jason and Chris. As your recent episode suggested, I have added looser broad and modified broad keywords to my accounts. Now I'm doing an annual review of negatives and wonder how that new approach might change this. Do ad group negatives even make sense anymore? More broad long tail negatives? Is there such thing as uh, modified broad negatives with broad keywords? I assume traffic goes to the keyword with the highest bid, which might not match what I want to pay up for. Your thoughts. So, Chris, we have a thank you for your provocative and fun podcast. Thanks, Peg. So, we have a number of questions there. All just answer the modified broad negatives. There's no more, or excuse me, there's no and never has been modified broad negatives. There's exact, there's phrase, and there's broad match negatives. So there's no modified broad negatives. Have a few ways to tackle this, Chris. We do need to talk about broad match modified because this question was written in uh, before the update. We need to talk about ad group negatives. And then I think more generally, let's talk about how running looser keywords with broad keywords has affected your negative keyword process. So start there. I'm going to write down the other two just so I don't forget. And we'll, we'll kind of go into a discussion about those items. So we've been preaching that we've been using more broads lately, more broad negative or excuse me, broad keywords. How, how does that affect your search terms? How does that affect your negatives? So with broad keywords, I will often put them, and I think I think I preach this many times, I often put them in separate campaigns. Um, I will set up a, uh, you know, like search-wide campaign, and it's specifically designed to gather searches that would not otherwise show up in my more specific uh, campaigns. So I might have a search-targeted and a search-wide the search wide is separate in a separate campaign because as soon as I were to combine those, it's going to tank my positions. It's going to tank my click-through rate. It's going to tank my search impression share, you know, that kind of stuff. And I don't else, want those mixed. If nothing else, by the way, I've put a lot of broad keywords in ad groups in regular campaigns, and I mm -hmm. hate it. I've done it. That's yep. the way I've done it. So I'm kind of in that spot, and I need They're to so get out of selfish. it. It is so annoying to look at the campaign level data, click through rate, cost per click, impression share, and not be able to know where you're at because those broad keywords throw off your data in a tremendous way. So that is, that is, if anything, that's all you need to put them in their own campaign. Go ahead. Yeah. So for that reason, Peg, my thought is I don't, care about ad group negatives. I only care about campaign negatives for that search wide campaign. And I only usually create maybe one or two ad groups. And I never jump into that search wide campaign with a mindset of, you know, this has to be in this ad group and this has to be in this ad group. No, I'm open to anything. My ads are written to really speak to whatever, you know, anyone within a certain range might be interested in. I do not write ads that are specific to one industry or one vertical or something like that that would exclude 90% of everyone else, but it's only for this vertical, only th this one industry. It's going to be a more generic ad 
designed to hook and draw attention, but not be a super narrow niche. So let me that. let me stop um, you. You said the word industry that that threw me off. Are you saying like if you're advertising different sizes of light bulbs, you wouldn't uh, do the different? You want to have one ad for broad keywords that talks about one size of light bulb. You're more talking about we right. sell light bulbs. Right. Okay. Right. Gotcha. I wouldn't have an ad. When I say industry, I mean like I wouldn't have an ad that said find great school, you know, uh, government and school building LED long lasting lights, you know, something like that. I would never call out government and school in the ad copy because I'm not targeted enough. I'm using broad keywords. I need to see something more like find great prices on long lasting LED lights. That's what my headlines would look like. It would not call out a specific industry or vertical or purpose. So you basically go as wide as possible. That makes sense for the advertiser yeah. with your ad copy on broad. That's what it is. Okay. It's a fishing expedition. You know, wow. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to catch. I'm just going to throw some keywords out there with low bids. That's that's why, I, for me, when I do it, I don't have ad group negatives because I don't use ad groups in my, uh, you know, I don't mix match types. So that means when you look at your search terms from your broad, wide campaign, is the goal to move over good searches as phrase and exact into the other targeted campaign once you find them in the search terms report? If I... Mm -hmm. If okay. I find some winners that I'm not targeting or not, you know, uh, you know, whatever I might find, yeah, I, I will oh, move okay. them over. No wonder, I don't block them. No wonder someone was so salty about Broad Match Modified going away because because <laughs> you had brought in a separate campaign. So when you move it over, I bet you loved going. Okay, this was this new search term that came in from the broad campaign. Now I'm going to throw it into the targeted one. I'm going to put a modifier on this word for some protection of quality, but that, I still yep. want a lot of traffic. Can't do that yeah. anymore, buddy. Now it's about mm -hmm. phrase match updated, updated phrase match, and we'll see how that goes. But let me ask you another question. Do you ever get in a spot where your wide campaign, your broad campaign outperforms your targeted <laughs> in terms of conversion <laughs> yeah, volume and absolutely. cost per conversion? Yes. It and then does. how do you look yourself it, in the mirror at night? Sorry. I think, hey, I won I won both ways. You know, I, I came up with this idea and I'm true, still winning. True. So it absolutely happens. And it's a great feeling, honestly. I look myself in the mirror right in the eyes. Now, what do you do when that happens? Do you keep, do you want to keep that going in the wide campaign? Or do you still I copy do. them over to the targeted phrase and exact campaign? Or do you let your winners run? You can't Here's win the that. thing. Yeah, here's the thing. Most of the time, those conversions happen on stupid keywords that I would never move over to my winner. Sometimes, you know, if I'm doing like, uh, if I'm doing like, let's say, you know, let's keep it the LED lights, you know, maybe it would be just the word lights. I might get a click and a conversion on lights. The heck I'm going to run that in my targeted campaign, you know, or just cheap LED. Maybe I'll get a click and a conversion on cheap LED. I'm not running that. That's a junk keyword, but I will sure let it run for super cheap on my wide keyword. So that's an example of success, but it doesn't mean that I move it over. Okay. So for me, right now I'm at the ad group level with broad keywords, pure broad. I uh, guess we don't even have to say the name anymore going forward, but broad yeah, keywords. Yeah, just broad. We're um, have to fix that. <laughs> Which by the way, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. For those of you that are like, why are you just tiptoeing around it? We're going to talk about it. We haven't experienced it yet. We're all in the same boat. We don't get early access to Google's changes. We're going to find out what happens, and then we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks once we've had our you know our hands in there and figured out what happens. So, stay tuned.
So uh, when I look at my search terms for uh, a peer broad ad group going forward, I'm going to try to do that more in their own campaign like you. Uh, but when I look at an ad group, I am looking for negatives for those pure broad keywords that just the gar some of the garbage that will, will come in. I just usually add it at the campaign level because uh, there's no reason why I would want to be showing on it, um, whether it was broad or otherwise, if it's a really bad search. And then in terms of pulling good search terms, I, I do that as well. I, I try to find good keyword ideas from those pure broad ad groups uh, or campaigns. That's the way I'm looking at that. Ad group negatives, Chris, I think the only time I use that is if two different ad groups are getting their ads to show on a search that is specifically for one of the ad groups that has ad copy yep. relevant to that. So yep. Yep. an example would be like um, custody lawyers for like a, a divorce. And then if someone did a search grandparent custody lawyer or grandparents rights. And if the, if I had an ad group for the grandparents one with that, uh, ad copy for the grandparents and that grandparents custody lawyer, the custody lawyer phrase was making me show in the regular custody lawyer ad group. I would, I would add grandparents as a negative to that ad group at mm. the ad group level, because okay. I still want my campaign to be able to target it. Cause I want the grandparents ad group to show, but I want to force yep. it to show. I think one mistake a lot of Google Ads managers make is they solve that problem before it's a problem and they go crazy with their ad group negatives. I find that to be a rare problem. Uh, uh, yes. It usually doesn't happen. Usually your quality score is going to be higher on the ad group that has uh, the word grandparent in the ads. Every now and then some stuff sneaks through, but I would not worry about that problem until you see it. Does that resonate with you, Chris? That it does. That is such a good point. People fixing problems before they exist. Yeah. Proactive Google Ads management is typically a bad idea. That is that's a whole topic right there. Good topic. You steal it for your episode. Yeah. Some examples. Yeah, it's such a yeah such a bad but such a bad idea. And 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 ad group negatives before you've launched. You know, or just adding four hundred negatives. Uh, at the campaign level, that type of proactive you're going to make fix a mistake the problem before you're it gonna, starts. You're going to block something yeah. that you wouldn't want to block. And you'll never know it because you don't even have history to compare before and after. If you at least wait a couple weeks or a month and then add it, and you're like, oh gosh, my impressions have dropped 50% once I added that negative keyword, you know, that then you at least know. Yeah. And Chris, um, finally, uh, just to throw out there, uh, the question was written in before the modified broad update. Modified broad is going away as of mid-February. You're not able to add them anymore as of mid-February. Phrase match is being now, we're going to refer to it as updated phrase match. It's going to become more like broad match modified. And as I understand it, Chris, the broad match modified keywords you have will still continue to serve. And I think they're going to serve as updated phrase targeting. Uh, but we'll just have to see. Yeah. So, but we'll be talking yeah. about that, like you said, in the next couple of weeks after we see how it rolls out. It's going to make more sense when when we don't just use like language to describe it, but we give examples. And and I don't feel comfortable giving examples until I see it in person. So we'll. No, that's going to be a lot be, of fun to be say. Okay, we targeted this word as a phrase match. This keyword. What did we show up on? That'll kind of tell the story. Yep, it will. 
So be sure and stay tuned there. Um, and uh, for those of you that uh, want a little bit deeper questions, we're going to jump in with two questions from Leah and from Samuel. Uh, we're jumping in uh, with some questions about the business of PPC. We have questions about uh, how to talk to a client, about the estimated cost per lead. And also, we are going to uh, answer Samuel's question, which has to do about uh, you know freelancing, you know starting a business, uh, things like that. So uh, definitely, if you are interested in things like that, check out our super affordable $2 Patreon. Never seen before. Nobody does this two bucks it it might be underpriced 